This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Specter Weissman. Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Specter Weissman, the Dream Coach. This is the show where we talk about dreams both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love. You know, we humans are funny. We'll find so many ways to create impediments to block our goals, keep us small, and frustrate us from living the life of our dreams. One way we do this is our belief in superstitions, that irrational fear that doing something or having something happen to us will bring us bad luck. My grandmother, for one, was a great believer in superstitions. She would throw salt over her left shoulder if she accidentally spilled salt on the table because spilling salt was bad luck, and by throwing it over her shoulder, she could counteract that bad luck. And she never, ever let me sew a button on something I was wearing because sewing on a piece of clothing that you wore was definitely going to bring bad luck. Well, one of the more popular superstitions that a lot of us believe in is that Friday the 13th is the unluckiest day of the year. They even came up with a scientific name for it, trixodecophobia. But can one day be more harmful than the next? Is Friday the 13th really a day best spent in bed? Well, to help us answer these questions and speak about other obstacles to obtaining our dreams, I'm happy to welcome my guest, Vincent Jenna. Vincent is a world-renowned psychic healer and spiritual teacher who has helped countless people achieve what they want out of life. Welcome to Dream Power Radio, Vincent. Well, Debbie, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And you're talking about one of my favorite subjects. Uh, Friday the 13th? (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I just love teaching people the truth about Friday the 13th so that they can have a different attitude about it. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's start with, is Friday the 13th really an unlucky day? Well, in order to answer that question, we need to answer the question, is there such thing as luck to start with? Because then if there is such thing as luck then you can be unlucky or have unlucky things happen, right? So here's the thing about luck. There is no such thing. It is a phenomena that we as humans created. See, this universe, Debbie, is so non-random. It is in perfect order. Even the chaos theory about this universe goes into an ordered type of pattern as it's explaining the chaos theory. So nothing can happen just out of the clear blue randomly. Everything happens for a reason. Therefore, in a non-random universe, you can't have anything that suggests that something can happen strictly by chance because that's like oil and vinegar trying to mix together and you're not going to be able to do that you know how they separate right so the idea of having luck something completely random 
happening in a non-random universe is impossible. That's why we created games of chance for fun, for entertainment purposes. So in other words, there was some, no luck, but if we created a game that consisted of challenges, that consisted of um, statistics, right? It's like, um, like dice, for example. Dice is actually, or, or in Las Vegas, craps, right? That's uh, the craps table. Um, dice was made a long time ago, years ago, and it wasn't necessarily these perfectly square cubes. It was more like using sticks, and they would see how the sticks would land. Okay, and they would just call it certain things because that's what they wanted it to be. So the idea that anything can then be unlucky is a complete fallacy. So Friday the 13th cannot be an unlucky day. However, us humans, since we manifest all our uh, experiences, we manifest our life because, again, nothing happens by chance, not in the universe and not in our lives. Then, therefore, we manifest being unlucky, shall we say, that concept of, of luck. And when it comes to Friday the 13th, first of all, in numerology, there are vibrational equivalences for each number or each digit. And it usually is a single digit from 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Once it gets to 10, 11, 12, and 13, those are actually high vibrational numbers because of what they represent. 13 is a high vibrational number because of its religious connotation, but it was also religion that made it unlucky. 13 represents Jesus and the 12 disciples. Now, together, that's a very powerful team. That's a very powerful number, and it had powerful meaning in the world, right? So we have Jesus and the 12 disciples, that's the number 13. What happened was after Jesus was crucified, which happened to be on a Friday the 13th, people began to look at the number 13 as not necessarily being so special. Now, jump ahead, um, quite a few number of years, okay, to the Knights Templar. And the Knights Templar, they were a group of knights that protected and guarded the Pope at the Vatican. Well, um, if there was an emperor who wind up having them captured and all slaughtered. They were all slaughtered, guess what, on what date? Friday the 13th. Right. So now we've got this religious belief that originally the number 13 was supposed to be so good. But if it's so good, why did Jesus get crucified on the 13th? And why did the Knights Templar get slaughtered on the 13th? So they also looked at, OK, well, Originally, it was Jesus and the 12 disciples, but one of them was a betrayer. So that's the 13th person at the dinner table, you know, at the night of Passover. But the whole thing that people don't look at is, first of all, 
that was part of Jesus's plan to start with, is being crucified. He came down here, the whole idea, and if it wasn't a plan that he had to start with, then the whole concept of God sending his only son for our sins to be forgiven, and yada, 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 we know the story. That would be a fallacy in itself, okay? Now, I don't happen to, to go there, but the point in being is there was nothing wrong about what had happened. It was part of Jesus' plan. It was part of our existence, and we're the ones that turn everything around. So now if you start thinking Friday the 13th is a bad day, guess what's going to happen to you? Bad things, because we manifest. Friday the 13th happens to be a very good day for me. I always look forward to a Friday the 13th because wonderful things happen on Friday the 13th. Um, how about you, Debbie? What's your experience with Friday the 13th? I don't really have any positive or negative feelings about it, but this coming Friday the 13th, I actually have something wonderful planned. So I'm really excited about it this year. So there you go. And, and doing it is just, it's, it's just a day to me. Yeah, but I wanted to ask you, you know, you say because we, we manifest that, that we decide it was, but who, in modern time, who decided to keep up this idea that it was a bad day? Well, actually, it, you know, things get passed down just like folklore and, and any type of superstitions and things like that. That gets passed down from generation to generation to generation, right? And in modern days, though, because of the New Age and New Thought movements, um, spiritual movements, people are broadening their understanding and realizing they have much more control over their lives than an unfortunate, unlucky day. But it just uh, now only a few people that I know anyway would really hold it true. For example, there used to be a time that um, skyscrapers would not put in the number 13 in their elevator, even though there was actually more than 13 floors. They eliminated the 13th floor in the elevator because they thought it was uh, unlucky. That's not true today. In all modern uh, buildings, you will find the number 13. It's, it's just what we like to do with things. We, you know us, we dramatize to start with. And so we'll dramatize something like that. Like the idea of and what goes along also with Friday the 13th is this unlucky stuff, right? Like don't walk under a ladder because that brings you bad luck. Well, I would figure that the first person who decided that was a guy who was eating a sandwich one day, walking down the street, wasn't paying attention, and there is a guy leaning against the building, painting the building. He happens to drop the bucket of paint just as the guy with the sandwich walks under the ladder because he didn't see the ladder. The paint falls on him. Oh, my gosh, it's unlucky to walk under a ladder. You know, and then somebody one day is looking down in the street, and he happens to see a black cat go walking right past him. But because he's looking down in the street paying attention to the cat, he walks right into the lamppost. Oh, my gosh, it's bad luck to have a black cat walking in front of you. There are all nonsensical reasons why we hold on to beliefs and create beliefs. And quite honestly, and we just got to understand this, perception is reality. Whatever you perceive is going to happen, you are going to make happen for yourself and you'll go out of your way to make sure you step in that hole if you think you're going to step in it. But if you think that it's a wonderful day and not worry about it, or if you think like you do, Debbie, that it's just another day, then so be it. That's exactly what it will be. 
we have to start getting rid of some of these old ingrained fears. And, and the interesting thing, you opened up talking about fears. It's not that Friday the 13th became a new fear. We feared ourselves and lost trust of ourselves because we've forgotten who we were as magnificent beings and being very unlimited. Once we forgot that, any fear can develop of the slightest little thing of anything. So the Friday the 13th just fed into the natural fears we started to develop after that and, and because of the way our lives were going and what we were creating for ourselves. So it's just another thing that feeds in. But I know a lot of people that even didn't even pay attention to the idea of Friday the 13th until it's, you know, talked about on the radio or at work or something like that. Um, but like I said, uh, great things happen to me and you're going to have a wonderful thing on the 13th, on uh, this, the Friday, this Friday the 13th coming up, right, Debbie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let's say uh, you know, it all makes sense because it's so true that, that your perceptions and your attitude really can control how you live your life. I mean, it, it's so true. But let's say you're, you're someone like my grandmother who was totally immersed in the whole idea of the superstitions. How do you rid yourself of those beliefs? Albert Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same set of beliefs that created it. So therefore, you need a new set of beliefs. We make choices every single day of our lives from the moment we open our eyes to the moment we close them. And because we make choices, we can also choose what we want to believe. So one of the things that I work on as a spiritual teacher and a psychic therapist, because I actually do a lot of in-depth therapy with people using my psychic ability and my mediumship skills, is to release those issues and those pains and those scars from the stories of our past. Because that's what really creates and helps us to hold on to these beliefs that don't serve us, that actually get in the way and can be very destructive as well. And so what we need to do is start focusing and releasing the pains of what we had, clear the slate and make way for new beliefs, expand our thoughts, read some books, read about the law of attraction and manifesting so you now can take control of your life and instead of a day and a superstition controlling you, your own Choices will control your life, will affect your life. So it's a matter of replacing an old belief with a new belief. Now, you said something, older people, you don't even have to be that old in order to have some ingrained belief. It really depends upon the life you lived when you were growing up, was some real hard story. Like, there were some things very difficult for me to let go of because of the abuse I went through in my youth. So the, the deeper the scars, shall we say, the more ingrained and the deeper the beliefs that those scars caused. So you have to heal both at the same time as you're trying to form a new belief.
right? Um, I use this as um, a metaphor and an analogy. If you take a whiteboard, I want you to imagine that in your head. You have a whiteboard or a pad, and on the pad, you write down every negative feeling and belief that you have. Whatever was caused from your past, it doesn't matter. Anything that's negative, write on that pad. Now, a lot of theories, especially in current times, are that if you start focusing on the positive, okay, you can get rid of the negative. So affirmations, there's affirmation cards up the wazoo and, and books out there. People heal their life just on affirmation. So let's do that right now. We got the whiteboard and the pad and you've got written on it all that negative stuff. Now let's make believe that an affirmation is like a picture of something really sweet. Like, I believe in myself as a bunny rabbit. Tape the picture of a bunny rabbit on the pad now or the whiteboard. Flowers, pretty sayings, whatever it is that now makes you think positive. Now it's on top of the whiteboard. Have you gotten rid of the negative feelings originally that you had that you first wrote on the board? The answer to that question is no, you have not. You've covered them up with the pretty pictures and the affirmations. And that actually does not serve you a benefit because eventually those negatives are going to come through. So you have to clear them. You have to look at them. You have to clear them in order to replace them with the new pretty pictures and the new affirmation. So it takes double work and you can get rid of all of those old beliefs. Wonderful. Yes, and we're going to talk more about this, but we have to take a short break now. We are speaking with psychic healer Vincent Jenna and we'll be right back. What do Thomas Jefferson, Elias Howe, and Paul McCartney have in common? They all understood the value of dreams and as a result, the ideas, inventions, and creations from their dreams affect us to this day. What great ideas are you leaving on your pillow at night? Sign up for a complimentary consultation at my website, thedreamcoach.net, and discover why your dreams are a terrible thing to waste. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, and we're speaking with uh, psychic healer Vincent Jenna. Vincent, as a psychic, you also use your gifts to help people heal and get a greater understanding of themselves. But when did you realize that you had these psychic abilities? Um, it, it, it was definitely not one of those um, walk in the bedroom and see an angel at the foot of my bed type of experience that you hear a lot of other um, people talk about. No, it was more along the lines of um, after all 17 years of torment in my life, um, I, I had become close friends with actually one of my major tormentors. It was after our high school reunion, our 10-year high school reunion. Um, I happened to have been a professional entertainer at the time, singer, actor, and dancer. And I'd done a, a bunch of stuff. And I was in the movie Grease with John Travolta. That's my biggest claim to fame, you know, um, and Olivia Newton-John. And so when I went to my 10-year high school reunion, it was like I was a little star in this very small town. And everybody was around me and giving me so much attention. And it was totally reverse 
of the torment that they had put me through, including from this guy. So um, he wound up becoming a really close friend of mine. I really, we latched on. We had more in common than we knew, especially after he grew up and I grew up. And so it was at a time that he was suffering in his life, but he wasn't sharing that with anybody. But I knew for some reason, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know why I knew. Not yet, anyway. And so after spending a weekend with him, my wife and I were driving home. He had a beautiful condo in Connecticut. We're driving back to Long Island, New York. And I'm in tears because I felt, I felt my heart was breaking because I felt his heart breaking. It was like he was constantly the entire weekend talking about how wonderful his job is, how wonderful his marriage is, and his three kids, and, and his health is perfect, and he, oh, he feels so young and wonderful, and he's got all this money. And I just kept, you know, red flags were going off in my head. My wife was enjoying it, enjoying the food and the drinks and everything like that, but on on the way home, that's when I, I just opened up and I, and I cried out to God. I said, please, you've got to give me the ability to help this guy. I know he's hurting. I know something is wrong, but I don't know how to help him. Um, I don't have those tools. I need tools. I need something to be able to help him and people like him. I, I knew what it was like to have your self-esteem and your ego dashed and, and just stepped on and, and broken completely. And that's what I was feeling that was going on with him, even though my wife was like, what are you talking about? He's got such a beautiful condo. We're renting, you know, an old home. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you something is wrong. Within a week of that, Steven Spielberg would have been very proud because it was an epic movie beyond proportions that happened to me with all this paranormal stuff. Being introduced to psychic, I'd never been to a psychic before. All of a sudden, my friends start introducing me to a psychic, have a psychic party. She comes over telling me that the soul of Jesus is around me. My whole life is going to change. I'm going to be a spiritual teacher, not an actor. Now, that was the hardest thing to have to hear is it's like, what do you mean? I'm going to be, a, a, you know, a star. I'm going to win an Academy Award and an, and a, an Emmy and a Tony and all of that stuff. Because, I mean, this was, I was 28 years old and she's telling me, no, you're going to be a spiritual teacher. And then this paranormal, then ghosts were appearing and it was crazy. And then my mind started opening and I started hearing things, seeing things, seeing dead people, knowing things. That was the, the, the toughest part is all this information that I had never heard of before was downloading in my head. Then all of a sudden, in the same time period, this all transpired within a three-month period after I asked that question. I started trancing, a voice, uh, it was a, an overwhelming, compelling feeling that I had to start speaking, and I was speaking as someone else. The spiritual guide is Joseph from Canaan. You know Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph? Well, he introduces himself to me and tells me he's my guide, and all of this stuff is coming out of me, and his voice. I wasn't going to go public with that, and I never did with Joseph for a very long time. I just, it was between my wife and I, and we wanted to know what was going on, and we were told that we would always be guided to the right sources, and sure enough, um, no matter where I was, all of a sudden, I'd get into a conversation with somebody, and and they would start um, talking about spirituality and, and all of these things, and I'm like, 
what even made you bring up that subject? And, and we, I just started getting involved with that. And they were turning me on to books. So it was a craziness that went on. Now, thank goodness, my wife had been with me since I was 17 years old. And she knew that I didn't know any of this stuff. But there was all these good words that would come out of me. And she would even go to a mother and, and say, what do I do? I, I don't know if he's going nuts, but this stuff is coming out of him. He's speaking like somebody else. And her mother used to say, well, as long as it's good stuff, just go with it and see what happens. Now, that's how it began. And then I started doing research from that point on. But it took me a long time before I was willing to accept it and start using the, the, the powers or the gifts that were coming to me because they, it was just too unusual for me. And, and I didn't grow up in that type of a time period or with that around me at all. I can imagine it was probably even scary to, to, to have all these things happen when you didn't really understand, at least at first, what was going on. Absolutely. I, I definitely thought I was going nuts. And, you know, we both did. But then there were too many synchronistic things that went on. Um, for example, so here I am, I'm being told that, that the spirit of, of, of Jesus is around me, but that Joseph um, is going to be guiding me. I had no idea who Joseph was. So my wife, she has a Jewish background, and I remember I didn't have any Bible in the house, uh, because even though I was raised Roman Catholic and I was an altar boy, I used to argue with the priests as a kid. I was telling them that they were teaching God and Jesus the wrong way. So I never got involved in the church that way, but I was very close to, to spiritual you know, uh, figures like Jesus and like God. I would watch the movies all the time. So my family is sitting around, and I'm like, you know, honey, do you still have that Bible you know, from when you were a kid? And she says, yeah. And she goes and she gets it in a box packed in the garage. And we're thumbing through it. We don't even know where to look I, other than just, the, you know, the, the Old Testament because he's a, a, an Old Testament character, not a New Testament one. And so we're thumbing through, and it's this beautiful Bible that she had never touched. It was in its box. It was gold leaf and white, right? So it was in pristine condition except for one page. One page had a corner completely bent down. And of course, that corner page was the beginning chapter of Joseph. And slowly but surely, things like that kept happening and happening and happening. And we started to realize something's going on here. Things that were coming out of my mouth, we would go to the bookstore and we would sneak in the cult section because Back then, it wasn't spiritual concept section. It was, you know, there was the psychology section, but then there was the occult section and cult section. And it was like, oh, you didn't want your neighbors to see you sneaking through and getting a book from there. So we'd sneak and we'd pick up these books randomly, thumb through them, and there in black and white were the words I was saying. So we knew something was happening at that point. Wow. It still is really difficult, Debbie, when, when you get all of this, to think that that's what happened to me, you know, like why me? 
um, that I get all of this information? Why am I the spiritual teacher that I am today? And, and the funny answer that I keep getting all the time is, why not you? Yeah, you know, it can be anybody. Why not you? Why do we need to think that it can only happen to special people? It can happen to anybody. And that's what I teach is how to wake up, how to accept, and then how to apply. So that's what it's all about. But yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's my short story. I gave you the Reader's Digest abridged version. Oh, well, I'd love to hear the full-blown-out Technicolor movie version. <laughs> no. Actually, I can't believe the time has flown. So I, I just have time for one final question, which is how can people find out okay. about you and what you do? All they have to do is go to my website, Debbie, at vincentjana.com, and that's with a G-E-N-N-A. I do private readings and group readings uh, from people all over the world, phone readings, in-person readings, events. And, and once they sign up, um, yes, I do send out a newsletter occasionally, but I don't inundate people, but I let them know where I'm going to be, all the different radio shows, plus... They can come and listen. I have my own online radio. I'm, I host, actually. It's not my program, Unity Online Radio, which is a very large network of, of incredible luminaries and spiritual leaders. Um, and at 12 noon on Wednesdays is when I have my show, the Stop Stopping Yourself show, and they can listen to all my podcasts and everything. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me and learn some of the material that I teach. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Dream Power Radio today. We have been speaking with renowned psychic healer Vincent Jenna. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Until next time, this is Debbie Specter Weissman saying, Sweet dreams, everybody. You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter Weissman. For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International.